He's back. Sports Radio is back. Here's the lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. Presented by Wolf GMC Buick. We're making it easy. WolfGMCBuick.com. Welcome to the Lowdown on Sports 1440. Today's show, NHL hockey returns to the land of ice and snow. And this time, the Edmonton Oilers have a date with Stanley. It's going to be a while. It's going to be a few months. But it's on the way. I can feel it. I, the weather does not look wintry. And it won't look wintry when they have the Stanley Cup parade. I'm thinking it'll take an extra little while to do the Stanley Cup parade compared to the ones that I went to in the 80s, which were about 11 minutes. But I believe... You're going to be very, very, very happy come spring, early summer with your Edmonton Oilers. A team so talented at the top end, the time is now. Giants walk among us. It starts tonight on the left coast. Sports1440.ca, iHeartRadio, Radio Player Canada. You can reach us there. Text or call 1-833-401-1440. On Twitter at Low Tide at Declan Kruger. I won't bother to spell that. You already know how. The Lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick. New name, same great team. Find them on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road, wolfgmcbuick.com. Our guest today, Bruce McCurdy from the Cult of Hockey at the Edmonton Journal, going to give us an expert preview of the game. Also, we're going to dig down into that memory banks. Bruce doesn't know where he parked the car today, but he does remember 1979 and opening night in Kevin Lowe scoring and the Oilers losing to Chicago. We'll talk to him about that on the way. Harmon Dial from The Athletic in Vancouver, brilliant writer. If you haven't read him before, go to The Athletic and read anything he's ever done. He uses video, uh, a- analytics, everything to make you smarter. Uh, and he's a brilliant guy. We're delighted to have him. He'll join us to talk about the Canucks offseason expectations for the season to come and how much of it is just, hey, Thatcher Demko's back. We'll find out. So let me start by saying a hearty hello to my friend Declan, who you seem to me to be working extra time yesterday. Are you fatigued at all? I was a little bit. I had a nice long sleep last night to uh, reset the old system, but I'm good. I'm back now. I'm fresh. I'm ready to go. Excited for the season opener today, of course, and uh, hoping we can have a great show. What time is game time locally? I know it's in van, but when when does the game start? Puck drop is going to be 8 p.m. our time. Right. The 8 p.m. puck drop. So that one will uh, take you into the uh, the late hours of the night, but it's well worth it. To watch I've the spent most of the last, I'd say, six months mm-hmm. going to bed between 10 and 11. That's going to change. And that's what I'm saying. It doesn't end till 11, and then I do some prep for the morning blog yes. post. So I'll be in bed by like midnight or ish. Mm. So tomorrow, I'm just saying, prepare to work with a grumbly bear. No, that's Do you want me to like text you a reminder? No. Tomorrow, like, hey, it's midnight. You better be in bed by what now. What you want to do is is not say a lot tomorrow. Okay. It's the best thing to do is no. just understand that. I, and I'm telling I'm giving you warning. That's a good thing. So tomorrow the show is going to be even more yours than it usually is. I think I'll be barking at everything. Okay. You know? I'll stay quiet. It'll be... <laughs> what if I have a lot to say? What if I have some good thoughts? Everything will be wrong tomorrow. Okay. No matter Fair what enough. you do. It's not about you. It's me. I appreciate that. Okay. All Just right. letting you know. All right. Oilers, Canucks. Demko is the big news, and he is starting. Do we know who's starting for the Oilers yet? I think it's Jack Campbell. Got to be. I haven't heard anything. I asked you when we were uh, prepping for the show. It's still up in the air. It's still up in the air, as far as I'm concerned. I haven't heard anything. Uh, I would presume Jack Campbell, but again, that's just my presumption. I, I will say this: that that this morning you had ants in your pants. You could not sit down. Yeah, you I was flying around me. a little bit. What was going on there? I was just filling up my coffee. I was grabbing some water, going to the bathroom, just all the, all the pre-show uh, activities. So I'm ready, focused for when we get in here at. Uh, Do you o'clock. think that when you have ants in your pants, that drinking coffee is the idea? 
Probably not, but it's it, it, it's a necessity. I can't not drink coffee. Me you know too. what I mean? I'm, like I'm if it enhances the ants in the pants, oh, that just on. has to happen because I need that coffee. Well, I'm with you on the coffee thing. I bought some Starbucks today. Very good. It's not my usual go to. Fancy. Well, I you know I was in the mall and right. you know I have I haven't been in this side of the mall a lot in mm. my life and i quite like it i think i could get an apartment near here and be just happy it's, well you could just get a residency at the fantasy land hotel <laughs> like what elvis did in vegas but you're the sports 1440 guy oh, you can do man. that i wonder if i wonder what it would cost for them to set me up with a jungle room probably more than i can afford i'm sure greg gregor can finagle it for you <laughs> oh dear no i'm not doing that i'm not that guy anyway the oilers play tonight i think i think i believe that their lineup will include all the usual suspects, but Ekholm as the seventh defenseman, and then he moves up. So you're going to see like Nurse Bouchard and maybe Broberg CC, and you'll see all the top lines. Like the, the, they'll play the hits: McDavid with Kane and Brown, Leon Draisaitl with Nuge and Hyman, uh, McLeod with Holloway and Fogel, and then Yenmark Ryan or the 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 extra forward. So the forward group won't change. I believe it'll be Campbell to start, but the defense is going to be up and down like a yo-yo. I always do the the top three pairings at the end of the night. And I might not do it for tomorrow's blog because guess what? I don't think they'll play together that much. Uh, it'll be all over the place. Things I'm looking for tonight. Dry side of line to win the shot and goal share five on five. They've been getting caved. The top line is gold. The McDavid line with Connor Brown is really searing the opposition at five on five. Leon, not so much. And not only not so much, they often get out shot like, you know, 48% to 52 or something like that. But they only scored one goal that line and they also gave up one so that's a line to look for orders need a good pk solid goaltending like 915 they don't have to be 970 but you've got to stop 91 percent, 92 percent of your shots and then quick outs from the blue get in get the puck the broberg is fast trained nurse can skate every pairing has somebody who can scoot kulak is fast so they should be able to do that and do that well even if Ekholm doesn't play as the impact regular we know he can be Good, tight coverage defensively. I have spent the entire summer yelling at people, which I enjoy, about they're all, well, it's got to be man-to-man. It's got to be so. No, it doesn't. You can. These are smart human beings. They just are. They know what to do. The problem is execution. It's always execution. If, if, you, if you have a defenseman who can't check down to the other coverage in a game, then get rid of him. They can all do that. It's the recognition of danger. That's the problem. That's the problem. Well, he followed them all the way out to the slot. Well, if they're, if that's what the assignment is, then Fogel has to get back to cover White Cloud. All summer we had that argument. I hope it's over. Devils extend Lindy Ruff. He's, he's like the old school guy who got it. You know what I mean? Like, did you ever have, like, a bunch of old teachers and none of them got it, and then one guy got it, and he lasted forever? Yes. I, that's yeah. a great comparison. That's a great analogy because I did have that. Yeah. Um, no goal. I wanted to throw that one in there before uh, before we got too far here. My, my teacher quote, was but... Pop Eisenus, and we all loved him because he was really smart mm. but absent-minded. One time <laughs> he wrote four blackboards full of stuff, and he goes, hold on a minute, class, and he walks out. And he comes back, and he has his tie is through his zipper. And he said, <laughs> I just had to take a minute. <laughs> and he goes back and starts writing again on the fifth blackboard. And I'm like, what is going on here? But we all loved him because he was like that. He was sort of cool because he was so uncool. Yeah, just speaking of the teachers who didn't get it, I had one teacher, like old lady, completely out of touch with 
with children. I think I was in like first grade or second grade. And like anytime you would misbehave, especially with me, she would say, you know what? Do it for your parents. And I was like, what? Like, you don't know me. You don't know my parents. Like, leave me you alone. You don't know what my you life. T- yeah. Like, what are you talking about? Like, what, what do you mean do it for my parents? Like, what? You, what? you got nothing on me, lady. No, I hated her. I hope she uh, I hope she got fired the year after I left that school. I don't know what she's doing. Did but. you set her purse on fire or anything bad? Or did no. you, she just not like you? No, she was just a mean old lady. She didn't like kids. And she was a first grade teacher. <laughs> Like she had this this notion that like all kids were troublemakers and they had to be like oh if she could have paddled us she would have in a heartbeat I, you know like the school board rang down on her said you can't do that I guess but oh wow, she need, was brutal I Declan I need a daily feature on this teacher on this show yeah I absolutely hear stories from the grumpy 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 teacher and you know what's crazy she had a daughter who also came and taught at the school and she was equally as bad as as the older as the old lady. It was brutal. What a terrible, terrible family. Declan, I mean this honestly. You are a treasure. Thank you. That appreciate is awesome that. stuff. I so appreciate you right now. It's it's a little weird to talk about on the Oiler, the night of the Oilers season opener, but that's how we'll start the show. I wonder if they're driving down the road together right now, hearing this and going, he's talking about us. They, If they found out I was on the show, they would have never listened in the first place. <laughs> Are there a lot of people out there who are not listening to the show because of you? Because I really do need to know that. Just them. Okay. Just them. Uh, Connor Bedard, going to be a great hockey player. I'm going to tell you this now, and you're all going to hate me. You can text me all you want, and I'm not going to back down on this. 1-833-401-1440. 1-833-401-1440. Connor Bedard is going to be a great player. He is not going to be close to Connor McDavid because he doesn't have the foot speed. He doesn't have the separation. He's going to be growing up, and he's going to get bigger, and he's going to get stronger, and his speed will improve. He doesn't have the separation. He just doesn't. He's going to be a very fine player, but we're the 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 oomph on him, the buzz on him, is that he's going to be like McDavid or better. Forget about it. Not chance. I'm telling you now. I'm saving you the trouble. He's going to be a very fine scorer, and he might get 30 this year because they're feeding him the puck every five seconds. That said. Connor Bedard is going to be a great player, not an all-time great player. Okay. We may have to erase the tape on this, but that's how I feel. Uh, Dom Lashishan, brilliant guy at The Athletic, does predictions every year. He's got the orders winning the Pacific, the Western Conference, and have the best chance at Stanley. This is real, folks. I know you're, you're like, I predicted the orders would win the Stanley Cup last year, and I'm doing it again this year. And you're like, oh, boy, here he goes again. Well, I the reason is because I... I believe that. I mean, I if I, I think New Jersey could win. I think Carolina could win. I think Toronto could win. I think you know Tampa Bay could win. Boston and Colorado could win. Vegas could win again. It's possible. Dallas could win. Edmonton could win. Edmonton has the best chance to win, according to Dom, and his brain is gigantic. So I'm thinking, if you're if you're thinking Oilers winning the Stanley Cup, feel good about that, and it's going to be a story. All year long and into the playoffs. It's going to be a fun year for Edmonton Oilers fans. In his 31, I guess it's 32 thoughts now, Elliot Friedman had the Leafs offering Sam Lafferty to the Oilers before they sent him to Vancouver. And the return, the ask was Vincent DeHarnay. And the Oilers said, uh, step off. And you know why they did that? It's length. He's just so long that when you're looking at him as a defender, it's a it's it's an extra step and a half to get by him, and even really fast guys. If he's not flat footed, you can't get by him. He is so long, the distance between the blue line and the net is nothing for him to cover. 
You can't get by him. He's he's like a, I don't know, he's the pod bay doors, and they're not opening. He's a giant man. The Edmonton Oilers drafted him, like, in the 7,000th round. And I always have wondered, nobody's ever told me, I would love to know. I would like to go through all of the microfiche of the Oilers scouts. I want to know when they discovered him, what league was he in, and when did they say, you know, there's something about this guy. Because that was a scout's pick. I'm all about the math. I'm all about the analytics. I'm all about the numbers. There's no way on God's earth Vincent DeHarnay was drafted by the Oilers. Unless some scout, don't know who it is. Maybe it was Stu McGregor. I don't know. Somebody said, this guy is worth following. I believe that. I wrote at length at The Athletic today about two areas the Oilers need to upgrade this season. But I made a point of saying internally or externally. Not eternally. (laughs) Internally or externally. Intern, extern. I think I've got it right now. Uh, they they have Jack Campbell and Stu, uh, 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 Stuart Skinner for goal. If that doesn't work, they have to make a trade. And Cody Cece is is their top pairing or second pairing right side defenseman. If he can't do it and Philip Broberg can't do it, they've got to make a trade. Now, there's a lot of rumblings about what that 20th forward is going to be. Maybe it's going to be a fourth-line center. Maybe they're going to make a trade for you know a, a, a burly winger uh, who can do some damage physically. I get all that. I understand all that. The real need, the the where you should be focusing, right D to replace CC or CC upgrades or Broberg is an upgrade on CC, and then the goaltending. Jack Campbell looks really good, and I think he'll start tonight. And as soon as we know, we'll let you know. I know Declan is paying attention to that and not typing. That's what I'm typing about. I'm trying to find this. I'm trying to inform everybody, myself included. <laughs> I want to know. You know, if this if this sort of activity continues, I'm bringing those teachers back. That old grumpy. I think we need her as the third wheel. <laughs> she wouldn't know what to say. Oh yeah. Yes, she would. She'd no, say, she would actually. But it would just be. She would be just be grading say, my on air performance. She'd say, Declan, do it for your parents. Yeah, she would, and I would look at her with the same look. I looked at her when I was eight, thinking like, "What? You don't know what you're talking about." What? How do you long mean? have we worked together? I guess it's been about five weeks now. Okay. Five and a half weeks. Here's what I know about life. Everybody, everybody has buttons. Declan, I'm telling you, it it doesn't make you imperfect. Everybody has buttons. Declan, today I found a button. Mm, This teacher. Yeah. And I'm going to push that thing like hell won't have it. (sighs) Well, I'm ready for it. I did it to myself. I'm ready for it. I'll take it on the chin, but uh, I won't be happy the whole way through. I feel so good about today. I just, I, I came in here, I was in a good mood anyway, and now I'm all about it. I'm all about life. I want to go four hours because we got to dig down on this teacher from hell. That What grade was it again? Uh, she was my first grade teacher. Wow. She was my first grade teacher. So, and I'm, 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 I've been biting my tongue a little bit on saying the name, but I, I might have to. I might have to rally the truth. What does it and, rhyme with? Uh, <laughs> Sandrews. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I, I now have the name. It's Mrs. Andrews. So it sure excellent, was. excellent, excellent. This sure is was. this might be my favorite segment ever in the history of time. And oh, I love it. The worst part was, and I'll, I'll stop fixating on this because I know we have a show to do. But like in her mind, she semi thought she was helping me and built and sculpting me right. as a student. Well, but she knew what she was doing. She knew she was just being vindictive for the sake of being vindictive. Right. And she knew that, and I knew that when I was eight years old. And that's why I look back with this hindsight, and I wish her the worst. 
I, I will tell you that, that do it for your parents is kind of an assy thing to say. It just is. And especially when you're like five, five years old. Oh, well, there you go. Harmon Dial on the way from The Athletic. And I'm going to stop giggling. I promise we're going to get back to radio and to sports. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440. Send that out to Mrs. Andrews. Suddenly, the most popular person on the show. I love when Low Tide gets giddy, tormenting Declan. Wait, wait, you were eight years old in grade one? <laughs> she may have had a point there. No, I guess I would have been seven. I guess I would have been seven. seven. No, you would have been six. Six? Is that Kindergarten is five years old. I missed kindergarten. I went right from grade... I was five years old in grade one. Ooh, impressive. Yeah. I remember in grade two, I was in a, grade, I was in a two, three split. Were you 15 at, then? or No, I was... So I would have been seven or eight then, but there was only four of us, and the rest was a grade three class. Okay. So Did you a skip deal. a grade or fall back at all? No, I never did any of that, okay. but I'm saying, I, I guess I kind of skipped grade two because I did grade three the whole time I was in grade two, because there was only four second graders in this split class. That's what they thought of second and third graders. We can just lump them all together. Well, I, I don't really know the curriculum changes between those. I, I, I was told once oh, that I'm grade sure four doesn't. was tough, but even though <laughs> I, I breezed through that. So um, we are now joined by Harmon Dial from The Athletic in Vancouver, wondering what in hell we're talking about. How are you, sir? I'm uh, doing really well. It's uh, reminding me of uh, the split days when I was panicking that I was in grade four, but in a four or five, uh, four or five split, so... Was it was it tough for you? Like, did you did you feel like you were out of your element, or not really know what was going on, or not really? Actually, and it, it ended up being really fun because I was at least with with some of my best friends, and the teacher was super nice. So it was it was honestly a blast. So completely opposite to what Declan described. Good for you, Harmon Dial. Uh, I want to ask you about the connections. I'm looking at the roster, and I know there've been lots of changes, and everybody's expectations are higher. And how much of that? Is just Thatcher Demko being Thatcher Demko? It's a massive part of the equation. Of, of course, he uh, really struggled through the first couple months of the season last year and then got hurt. Uh, but then when he returned and played down the stretch, he started looking like his usual self again. Uh, a player that you look at and go, that could be a top 10 goaltender uh, in the NHL. And really the logic of this Canucks team relies on Demko uh, being the type of goaltender who can steal you some games here and there over the course of uh, of a season, especially because typically this has been a team that's allowed a lot defensively. They have always had some offensive star power at the top of their lineup, but um, in terms of team defense, they've been pretty leaky. And of course, with Rick Tockett coming in, they are making making a concerted effort to improve upon that. And certainly they've brought in um, some personnel this offseason that will help in terms of the defensive results. But you look at the overall composition of this roster, it's still not just on the basis of the skaters alone, uh, a team that's necessarily going to outscore its problems. And, and absolutely, the Canucks need Demko healthy, and they need him uh, playing uh, as an above-average starter for them to have any chance in the playoffs. I'm going to ask you about Lafferty and Garland in a second, but I, I just want to express my outrage that Hoaglander is on the fourth line. I love him. Why do they treat him this way? It's been interesting because Hoaglander came in, and as a rookie, he was immediately sort of thrust into a top-six role in the 2021 shortened season. But since then, it's been a, a tough time for him. Uh, he was clearly in, in Bruce Boudreaux's uh, doghouse, and now... 
with Rick Tockett, he hasn't really had a chance to see him at the NHL level yet because Hoaglander spent last year, most of it anyway, uh, in the American League. So coming into camp, Hoaglander was actually given a top-line opportunity with uh, with Pedersen and Kuzmenko, and it looked like he was going well, but uh, pointless through preseason. And I think he's still trying to find his identity is what the coaching staff is looking for him because you, you see him and you go, okay, he's got some skill, he's got some He's got some good hands, but doesn't quite have the natural finishing ability to be a pure offensive top six guy yet. Um, but on the other hand, there are parts of his game defensively uh, and in terms of his puck management that he needs to improve on, which actually he, he has sort of shored up some of those details. But I think what the coaching staff wants to see him is actually start to use his speed and tenaciousness um, to be really effective as, as an almost ener- energetic bottom sixer and carve out a role that way. And so I think that's just the, the um, challenge and obstacle for Hoaglander right now is figuring out what is his identity um, because he's sort of caught in the middle where he's not quite talented enough to be in the top six yet, um, but he needs to sort of really tap in more to the forechecking speed side to be effective in an everyday bottom six role. Harmon Dial, our guest from The Athletic at 12.26 on the lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. The, the, the pickup of uh, Sam Lafferty, I like for Vancouver. They've, I think they've done a nice job adding some two-way forwards, and you talked about the defense earlier. And, and you know, they, they've sort of had all their cannons pointed in one direction. Do you see, like, Suter and Lafferty as being upgrades and maybe potentially difference makers during the time that the third and fourth lines are out? Absolutely. And I think the biggest difference in the way the Vancouver has re- uh, renovated its bottom six is actually in relation to trying to improve the PK. Because for two years in a row, the Canucks' penalty kill has been right near the bottom of the league. And it's been a, a massive part of why they have started so catastrophically slow and basically shot themselves in the foot and been out of the playoff race within the first month of the season. So with uh, Lafferty coming in, with Suter coming in, with Teddy Bluger coming in, he's going to play a big part, plus um, Cole and, and Carson Soucy when, whenever he's healthy and re- returns to the lineup. I think the emphasis has clearly been placed on improving the, the PK, and, and Lafferty is, is going to be an important part of that because even though he's a winger, the Canucks don't have a right shot um, center. And I'm sure in Edmonton you guys can sort of uh, – relate to that challenge. And even though, you know, again, Lafferty's a winger, he, he takes a lot of draws and he's pretty good at it, especially when you look at his PK face-off numbers, which even when you look at a player like Teddy Bluger coming in and he's a good penalty killer, it's like, yeah, but his face-off numbers have been sort of volatile. And, and when you think about a, a, a penalty kill, you have to win those first draws. Otherwise, you're just giving an elite power play like Edmonton um, the opportunity to get set up right away, which is just a recipe for disaster. So uh, I, I think with additions like Lafferty and Suter and Bluger, um, you're going to get five on five defensive gains, but most importantly on the PK too. Susie, is he, how, where is he health-wise? Yeah, he got banged up, I believe, in the last preseason game, and initially the timeline seemed to be um, week to week. He skated... Uh, yesterday before the main group, so perhaps it's progressing a bit quicker. And um, GM Patrick Alvin said that he's not going to be placed on LCIR, so it doesn't seem to be a long-term injury, but I would be surprised if he plays in either of uh, the two games against Edmonton. 
So we, we have word, and, and it's no secret, Connor Garland is making reasonable coin, and there were rumors about him being offered around the league earlier, but it sounds like the agent, his new agent, has uh, the, the uh, you know, basically can pick up the phone and call anybody and then get back to the Canucks about the, the return, and they're willing to take on dollars. He's a good player. Do you, do you think that's you know possible? Uh, I know cap is a problem unless you're Philadelphia and they've got some moves they could make. Do you think that's something that we see here in the first, say, 20 games of the year? I think it's going to be really difficult. Uh, it's not just the $4.95 million cap hit that Garland has, but the three years of term left. And on top of that, he's owed, I believe, $17 million, $17 million in cash because his contract is backloaded. So um, you look at that type of commitment for a middle six forward, it's a lot to ask for. Uh, there weren't many forwards who commanded that type of payday uh, last summer in free agency, for example. And, the Canucks went through something similar last year with Brock Besser. We had the same storyline, I believe, a couple months into the season where Besser's agent had been reportedly been um, given permission to seek a trade, and, and Besser uh, seemed to desire a fresh start. And the Canucks were looking at offers, but they just didn't find the right type of fit. And eventually Besser, at the end of the year, rescinded his trade request, and he's still on the roster. And uh, the thing to keep, to keep in mind is the Canucks – especially with this, um, this current management group, I've never really gotten the impression that they're fond of Garland in the first place. This is sort of mutual, I think, two-way understanding that um, the two sides would be, be better off with a fresh start. But my point is that if management has had that desire to get off of the contract ever since they've taken over and they haven't been able to do so, I think that speaks to the difficulty of moving uh, the contract of a player like Garland, even though he's still a legitimately useful middle six uh, player. So with all those factors in mind and with there only being six or seven teams that have um, sufficient cap space to take that type of contract on and most of those teams being bottom feeders that probably don't need a win-now player, um, I'd be really surprised if uh, the Canucks find a taker. I think they would have a much better shot of getting that type of business done in the offseason when he has less term left when teams will have more cap space, especially if the salary cap ceiling uh, shoots higher. Uh, last question for you, and it's not really a question. I just want to compliment you on your JT Miller piece. It was very good. It was kind of insight into, because I, I in watching him, I really did feel like there was a, a pressure point, and you, you have uh, the story in there. Uh, but he is the sort of guy from afar, you watch him, and you know that he's a big-time player and a very important to the team. But as Miller goes, often this team does. Do you think that this this coaching change and this team that that is now idling in the driveway, ready to play tonight against Van and against Edmonton in Vancouver, do you think this is a better fit for him in terms of the personality of the coach? I, I absolutely uh, think that. I mean, in doing the reporting for that piece, one thing that became clear when you look at how. Um, rough the first 50 games for him were last season and then of course the dramatic 30 game turnaround under Rick Tockett uh, one of the themes that came up was the idea that Boudreaux look Boudreaux and Miller had a really good relationship with mutual respect uh, between each other but with that said we know that Boudreaux is more of a laissez-faire laid-back type of uh, coach and that works great for a team um, that has veterans, that um, has self-starters, but that's not exactly what the Canucks uh, have been. And as the team had this disastrous start, I think one of the themes that came up was 
Miller almost felt that, felt that there was a void in holding guys accountable. And we know that he's an intense, fiery personality. So he's so focused on trying to solve the team's, the, the team's, pro, the team's problems. Um, and he's so wrapped up in that. And he's drifting out of his own lane that the positive habits of his own game started eroding. And that's where the defensive breakdown started happening. You saw some of the bad back checks, the turnovers. And I think with Taka coming in, he's a completely different personality where he commands the respect of a locker room. And I think I think Miller knew that, okay, I can step back here. Plus, Taka sort of being a similar um, you know, player when, when he played, he, he was able to hold Miller to a higher sort of standard, standard and say, look, I love your competitiveness, but you have to channel this the right way. Um, and I think that extra accountability is um, is better for Miller. And to be quite honest, I think he's one of the biggest wild cards in determining whether the Canucks um, uh, can be a playoff team this year or not. Um, because, sure, you can look at the point totals and see that, okay, he's been consistently around the point-per-game mark. Um, but it's not so much the point totals. It's can he win his 5-5 five five matchups as, uh, as a centerman. It's the defensive game. Um, because that's where we've seen um, lots of volatility in the quality of his play, and um, this team needs a lot, uh, a lot uh, better play from the lineup as a whole when Elias Pettersson and Quinn Hughes are on the bench, and that's where Miller can be a huge catalyst for this for this team. I lied. I have one more question. I know based on what I've seen and heard uh, in Edmonton, but in other NHL cities, that a lot of uh, players uh, are are planning on breaking ranks and using Pride tape. Uh, despite the ban, what are the odds that we see somebody skate out for for pregame with the tape in in Vancouver tonight? It's a really good question. I hadn't hadn't really thought of that. Um, I'd say it's it's interesting because among the Canucks of the last couple of seasons, the the player that I would have thought that, okay, maybe this is the type of guy that could take a stand – just because I'd had conversations with him on the record about it was uh, Travis Dermott. He's mm. a guy that's been really passionate about that. He, you know, I remember talking to him before about how he has a family member that uh, is part of the LGBTQ community, and that's why it's been so meaningful for him to use Pride Tape. and um, And he's spoken glowingly about not even, like what, after he did it, all the positive messages that he'd get on social media. Um, from people that you wouldn't really know, but getting that positive reinforcement that it is so meaningful to see an NHL player um, wearing that type of tape. So, I mean, based off those conversations, if he was still on the roster, I would have uh, thought that maybe you know he'd um, he'd still wear the tape. But among the current group, I honestly don't know. I I haven't thought about that too deeply. Um, I wish I had a, a better answer for you uh, than that. No, that's good. I appreciate it. it. Was off the cup, but it was also real. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, Harmon Dial from The Athletic. Brilliant writer. I, I recommend all athletic writers are brilliant. They really are good people. Um, you know, I, I'm one of them, but I'm not... I, I'm assuming you've, you've at least read some of my stuff, but I'm talking about a guy like Harmon and, uh, and Drance over there in Vancouver. They're, they're outstanding. Even if you're not a big Canucks fan, you can find out what's going on. And during the time when that team was really struggling and deserved criticism they hammered them in the morning in the evening and all over this land i mean mrs andrews would have noticed the the tech i'm just reflecting the text line 
people don't want to talk about hockey anymore. She she was she's captivating. She gets the conversation flowing. I give her that credit. Well, twenty years later, you're still on it. So yeah, clearly it did a number on me. <laughs> clearly it affect it cut me pretty deep. If I'm still going on about it well, uh, all you know, this time we, later, we live our lives and the things that affect us affect us. Uh, NHL rumors on the way. This is the lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. That was a nice job hitting the post there, young man. You did good. Pretty clean, wasn't it? Very nice. Cowbell going crazy and bang, there it was. I gotta have more cowbell. Yeah. Back in the day when I worked top 40, the, the the big boss might come in and give you a little wink. The Bruce Dickinson? Well, I'm not sure who it would have been, but, you know. Lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick. New name, but same great team. Find them on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. WolfGMCBuick.com. Say hi to Doug and to Mary. And maybe Mrs. Andrews, who stopped by and... Say hello. The, I will say this: we're gonna we're gonna talk. We're gonna go to the text line in a minute. We got NHL rumors. The text line has become the Mrs. Andrews text line. Text line. It has. Yeah. It has. And uh, I appreciate that. I thank everyone. Sure. I think you you've created another you know meme out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, DNB Daniel Nugent Bowman from the Athletics is optional skate for the Oilers this morning in Vancouver. Just seven skaters on the ice. Both goalies Skinner in the starters net. Principal Skinner. Something you could relate to. I mean, you know, teachers. Some a lot. There are, there are all kinds of rumors going on, and there are a few facts. We're going to pass them along. Kings' Victor Arvidsson is going to miss the season opener. Arthur Kaliev, I really like him. I love his future, Arthur Kaliev. He has been recalled. Uh, we talked about this with um, Armand Dial a minute ago. The Canucks have given Connor Garland permission to seek a trade. It's not an easy contract to move. He is skilled, and he's a guy who... In in the world of in in before time, uh, you would have been able to get something for him. But with cap, it's all about the money, and I don't think there's a spot for him. And in order to get him offloaded, they would probably have to give a really high pick to Philadelphia, who has money. They have money. The Flyers have money. The city of Philadelphia has money too. Both, uh, but I don't think that's going to happen. The owners do have some time to solve the forward, the twentieth uh, first spot on the roster in the 12th forward spot. And I wonder if they make a trade, right-handed center, maybe a rugged forward or options. That's still available to them. We don't know when um, Marcus uh, Niemelainen is going to be healthy enough to get sent down to the minors and have to clear waivers, but that's the spot that's open, and we'll see. I think the Oilers may be looking for somebody who can help. And that's a good idea. I watched Vegas last night, and they once again have four great lines and three great pairings. They, they've got balance, and it looks very good. I think the Oilers will win the division. I believe they will win the Stanley Cup. But Vegas is a mountain. They're a mule. What do you kids call it when somebody's something? You say it's a train or a vehicle. What do you call it? Oh, man. What do we call it? I don't know. That's a good question. I, a wagon. Is one that's thing. what yeah. it is, a wagon. Or a wagon. There you go. I don't know where that comes from. They're a wagon. It's a good line, though. Lindy Ruff rehired. Flyers are willing to take on salary. It's kind of a, like, the start of the year is there's this kind of lull. And little things happen, like Bobby McMahon was sent out and waved by the Leafs and Alex uh, Barre-Boulet from Tampa, David Riddich from L.A. But it's it's dribs and drabs. It's not the giant flood of rock and roll waivers that we saw a few days ago. And Andre Heim, who I, I will confess I am I do not have knowledge of. 
Um, I always wondered maybe an NHL team. I know the Buffalo Sabres did it when Punch Imlach was GM. They they pulled a name out of a phone book and drafted the guy, and he didn't exist as a hockey player. And I always felt like, you know, wouldn't it be cool like on a day like October 11th where you just, you wave a guy out of the league and nobody knows who he is just for fun. I mean, Gary would, you know, make sure that, you know, the tape was right and all that. But I mean, it would be just a fun thing to do. Maybe I'm the only one who feels that way, but I very much feel like that would be a cool thing to do. Low Tide, what? would be one piece of advice to give Oilers fans for this upcoming season from Justin. Okay, I'm going to give it your I'm going to give my best advice and nobody will like it. Are you ready? Enjoy it. Whatever comes. I know you're obsessed with winning the Stanley Cup. I get it and I know why. It's been forever. But enjoy this. You know, there are great teams in history who never won a Stanley Cup. The late 60s, early 70s Rangers and Hawks is an example. They were great teams. They didn't win. The Minnesota North Stars in the, the maybe 79 to 83 or 4, they kept running into the Islanders and then the Oilers. The, the Flyers in the, in the 80s were brilliant. The Bruins in the 80s were brilliant. They never won because of the Oilers. This Edmonton Oilers team is a great team. Enjoy them. You know, th- there's so much anger about the Oilers. I don't think some people enjoy them at all, and I don't know why. I, Connor McDavid is majestic. You know, if you picked 10 things that I would consider to be top drawer, like seeing the Stones in 72, or, um, I don't know, watching Jim Rice and Fred Lynn and Dewey Evans in the Boston Red Sox outfielder outfield, or watching the Montreal Expos at any time during their existence. If you had 10 things that appealed to me, 1 through 10, and then the 11th one was watch Connor McDavid, I probably would pick Connor McDavid. He's that exciting to watch. You, you, you won't see another guy like this. I'm telling you now. The hands, the brain, the feet. And I'm not saying he's better than Gretzky. I'm saying he's different than everybody who ever existed on planet Earth who played hockey. Nobody skates that fast and does that thing with the puck and then just takes off like hell-bent for leather and passes NHL defensemen like they're a house on the side of the road. So enjoy it. Just enjoy it. Don't, don't, Don't micromanage the year. And I know that I'm the guy writing blog posts every day about it. But just enjoy this. Because this is this is the pinnacle. This is the ultimate. You're at the Olympia in 1954 watching Gordie Howe. You're at Northlands in 1983 watching Wayne Gretzky and Mark Messier. And I haven't mentioned Leon, but hell, throw him in there too. And all the others. It's a, it's a fun team. And yes, they have problems. And yes, their cap is screwed. And yes, two veteran general managers have done some things that are wonky. Yes, all of that's true. But Ken Holland has them at the at the verge of winning the Stanley Cup. And if he wins the Stanley Cup, you have to give him credit because it hasn't been an easy road. This is ninth year for Connor McDavid. So enjoy it and give credit. Like, like if, you, if you withhold credit from Ken Holland or you withhold credit from Jay Woodcroft, that doesn't elevate you or your opinion. It kind of makes you an ass because you're, you're, you're parsing things. We agreed when we began the process of being fans that winning was the most important thing. 
Well, you can find fault with some of the things Ken Holland did in in his time in Edmonton, but the ultimate goal is still there and very close. And I do think this is his last year. But if he wins going out, if he wins the Stanley Cup, then and you don't give him credit, then I'm I'm going to tell you, you're going to be on an island, and I'm going to help put you there, because mistakes happen. And, and you saying that mistakes are everything and they've made mistakes and they're bad does not elevate your opinion. It doesn't make you smarter than other people. Everybody evaluates things on their own level. And I just feel like Euler fan base, since Connor McDavid arrived, has just been the most negative is the most credible. And I want to push back on that as hard as I can. And the one way I can do that is to just tell you personally, don't let other people influence you. Don't let other people make you feel bad about being happy about the Edmonton Oilers. Be a fan. Enjoy this. It doesn't come every year. In fact, Connor McDavid makes it certain that we won't see this again. Doug Waite was a great player. He wasn't Connor McDavid. I can't believe the good luck, ass over tea kettle luck of Edmonton Oilers fans. You get Gretzky and Messier, and then later on you get McDavid and Leon. Holy hell. You know, there, there, are, there are sports teams in North America who have never had one guy as good as any of those four guys. And to have them together, like two guys and two guys, crazy good. I think Uncle Ken has done a great job. Actually, it kind of pisses me off that the Oilers are acting like he's done after this year, Uncle Kenny for life. Well, we we don't know. I mean, one of the things that that could happen, like what I think, Daryl Cates sort of has a, we all have a history, right? Like Declan here, uh, we, you know, he clearly had some things happen in grade one and they're impacting him now. We all have a history, all have baggage. And, and with Daryl Cates, I think he gets frustrated with people, but he can't fire them. So for Kenny Holland, like I know him, calling him Kenny, I think he'll just get bumped up upstairs. You know, maybe he can teach. Maybe he can walk around and say to all the players, do it for your family, because I think that's that's effective. I would trade for Michael McLeod. His age is better than Dowd. They're in Tampa getting Coleman and Goodrow, etc. Those type of ads. Well, he's right-handed. Who replaces Holland? Well, I mean, it might be Jeff Jackson, but it might be Brad Holland, and it could be somebody that we don't know. You know, Jeff Jackson has has deep roots across the hockey world, so he'll know everybody. You know, not Ken Holland everybody, but a newer version of Ken Holland everybody. And that's probably good, you know. I mean, I'd love him. I'd love to see him hire Kyle Dubas, but that won't happen. I know a lot of people wouldn't, but I would love to see it. Darnell, hey, low tide. Tonight starts the expectation that Darnell Nurse will get at least 65 points. Anything less is unacceptable. Okay? I, I can't agree with that. There's no, um, there's no build towards 65 points by Darnell Nurse. And his game is not offensive, although he is good offensively, certainly at 5-on-5. Five five. Low tide, any idea why Stevie Eiserman let Ronick... Uh, walk from Detroit seems like a really good young offensive defenseman. Something Detroit would want from Sean. I think that was a, a you know cap and and what what happens with general managers is they always want to make the team in their own image. We've talked about this with draft picks. New GM means the draft picks are no longer valuable, and 
the ones that, that came before the new GM. Same with, with GMs and players. Roddick's a good player, but he wasn't a perfect player. He was flawed, and they played the hell out of him. They probably saw him bad after playing the hell out of him, something that does happen here as well. Do you think Mrs. Anderson's favorite cheese is laughing cow? Wow. Her favorite cheese is probably something that she thinks kids don't have an advanced enough palate for, like <laughs> Fontina or blue cheese or something like that. Like anything to stay one up on the kids at all times. It, it just gets better. The uh, the bitter, bitter, bitterness just flies through the radio. <laughs> Listen, I came in here to talk about hockey. I was going to break down playoff predictions for the season, which, you know, which teams from which divisions are going to make the playoffs. And I just snowballed with this this anger built up inside of me and I can't let it go. And now I have to talk about Miss Andrews for the rest of the day. I, I, I so love this day. <laughs> this is the best day ever because because it's th- th- there's a rawness to your rage. So Bob now reporting Jack Campbell is the first goalie off the ice today. That's usually indicated for starters. So we have both of them indicating that they're the starter. So I, but I, I think Campbell being first off means he will start. We'll we'll go with Campbell. Which makes sense because he's been the better goalie. And then you can also reward Stuart Skinner for last year by playing him Saturday, the starter here. Any word on Ekholm? I have not heard, but I did hear yesterday that he was, you know, probably going to show up as the seventh defenseman tonight and then move up if he felt better. I think Gregor might have tweeted that out or said it on the radio. I listen to Gregor just like everybody else. The big disadvantage I have is Gregor's on after me, so I can't steal his stuff which is really too bad. Am I the only one hoping Declan's teacher's last name was Yeremchuk? Tyler's next interview would have been Fire from Maple Jed. I like Andrews. Somehow I thought of Riverdale, I guess because of Archie Anderson, uh, Andrews. Yeah. And, you know... Mrs. Weatherby. <laughs> I don't know whether she's... Well, listen, to be clear, I just said it no, rhymes with Sanders. Miss Grundy, Could I'm be sorry. Anything. Yeah, it, it was, was Mr. Grundy. Weatherby, Miss Grundy. It was Miss Grundy. I can and by the way, the, the updated Riverdale, Miss Grundy is like young. Oh, yeah, she's beautiful. You I was going to ask if you've seen that show. We're not going to get into that, but that, she's really, that, that was the big crazy. change for me. I'm like watching mm-hmm. this. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, I used how to, come I got the anyway? I used to read the Archie comics when I went to my grandma's. Um, she had like a stack of them, and then I watched the TV show, and it was a it was a little different. Break that down after the sports update. <laughs> Listen, this show is about sports and life, and it always has been. And Mrs. Andrews, apparently. Bruce McCurdy on the way. We're going to dig down on his memory banks and remember opening nights of old, of yore, with McCurdy, and then talk about this one as well. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440, and it's time for a sports update. This is a Sports 1440 update. Your Sports 1440 update. The Edmonton Oilers season is underway tonight. Puck drop at 8 p.m. out in Vancouver as the Oilers take on the Canucks. Jack Campbell was the first goalie off the ice today, generally an indication that he will be the starter. Three other games on the slate today is the Canadians take on the Leafs, Jets take on the Flames, and the Sens in Carolina to take on the Hurricanes. Lindy Ruff has signed a multi-year contract extension to remain coach of the New Jersey Devils. His four-year contract, which included an option for the 2023-2024 season, was set to expire at the end of this year. Brett Howden will will have a hearing with the NHL Department of Player Safety today. 
The Vegas Golden Knights forward is facing discipline for an illegal check to the head against Seattle Kraken forward Brandon Tanev last night. Colts quarterback Anthony Richardson was placed on injured reserve today, meaning he'll miss at least the next four games with a right shoulder injury, but could miss up to eight, the team announced. Elks announced they will close the upper bowl next season. They will have all the fans in the lower bowl and look to create a better atmosphere. And like BC, they can open the upper bowl when ticket demands call for it. Just one game in the AJHL tonight. Bonneville in Lloyd. That game goes at 7. And in the MLB, three playoff games today. Braves in Philly just after 3. Astros and Twins just after 5. And the Dodgers in Arizona to take on the Diamondbacks just after 7. I'm Declan Kruger, and this has been your Sports 1440 Update.